This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is good? Welcome back to the show. Let's get into this Q&A. First question that we have is quite a long one, but I'm doing an upper lower split right now. I've been lifting consistently for only nine weeks. I'm what you'd call skinny fat. So I'm eating 120 or I'm at 122 pounds at 5'4". I'm eating in a deficit slash maintenance 1700 calories and counting protein. Perhaps just not long enough to really see good progress. I haven't taken measurements. Scale has dropped only three and a half pounds in nine weeks. All right, so more of a statement than a question, but I think the question she's asking here is basically, is she doing the right thing? All right, so again, um, she considers herself skinny fat. So again, she's 122 at 5'4". So pretty damn lean. So really the question here is like, am I on the right track? How do I know that I'm on the right track? So um, to escape the quote unquote skinny fat physique, and this is something I talked about in Christoph- with Christopher Barakat in our episode not too long ago, one of the biggest keys for most individuals, especially if you're more on that, like you're likely leaner, you look more skinny than anything else, is adding more muscle mass. And this is definitely something like with my clients that I've brought on that are chasing a body recomposition, which it definitely sounds like is what this individual is chasing. This is definitely something that I've shifted my approach on quite a bit. So in a situation like this, I would first and foremost push you to get out of a deficit. So we know that you've only been lifting consistently for about nine weeks following a smart training program. And again, she's following an upper lower split. So what that means is you do have this period of time where you can very much take advantage of quote unquote newbie gains. You have a lot, you have a great ability for muscle growth. So for the next three to six months, it makes sense to eat in a very slight surplus and really just focus on gaining as much lean muscle as possible. Because we know like in this situation right now, or at least for most people that are skinny fat, until you build enough muscle, you're always just gonna look a bit skinny. And the lack of muscle is for most people the biggest missing piece here. So in a situation like this, and again, this is something I've shifted with my clients very much in the last year. If you come to me in this situation and you start coaching, we are gonna start pushing you towards eating a bit more and focusing purely on building lean muscle. And then three to six months down the road from now, your physique will look a good amount different because you packed on a good amount of lean muscle. This is true for men and women alike. And then when we go through a cut, so say we go through six weeks or six months of building, again, we take advantage of that period of this period where you have the opportunity to make the quickest gains in your life. We take advantage of that, making sure we're creating the most anabolic environment possible by feeding you as much or not as much food as possible, but the amount necessary for maximum lean muscle growth which again, don't freak out about this because you're not gonna get like crazy jacked in six months, but we can stimulate a good amount of growth in this time period. Then from there, when we take you through the cut, um, we'll go into like, say a three month fat loss phase. And then at that point, you have a lot of lean muscle underneath any body fat that you still have and your physique will look a lot different. 
Now, regardless, in a situation like this, just purely from if body fat stayed exactly the same. So she's 122 pounds. All right. So let's say she has 100 pounds of lean mass, 22 pounds of fat mass. If she adds eight pounds, so now she has, but it's purely muscle. Fat just stays the same. So now she has 22 pounds of fat and 108 pounds of lean mass. Her overall body fat percentage will still be lower body composition will be much better. So for most people in a situation like this, again, where quote unquote skinny fat is the issue, the number one priority is building muscle. And then later on, we can cut, but you'll often don't need to cut as much fat as you would think to achieve the physique you want. It's you need to spend more time eating a bit more and focusing on building muscle. So outside of that, I would also say, again, in a recomp scenario, measurements are so damn important because the reality is like in a case like this we know she's very very likely gaining some muscle which of course is going to have weight so weight isn't going to shift the scale isn't going to shift like you would expect it to if we were purely chasing fat loss so it makes sense to be sure you're taking body measurements and in a case like this i would take them at least weekly so i do right bicep flexed measurement around the chest two inches above the navel at the navel, two inches below the navel, around the hips, and around the thigh. That's what I have all my online clients do every week. And that gives you so much more data, again, especially in a recomp scenario like this, to truly see how your body is changing rather than just like, well, scale isn't moving that much. And that's really the only metric that I'm tracking. So, (laughs) and I talk about this all the time, but truly metrics are so damn important for measuring your progress, adjusting your nutrition, and adjusting your training. So, Those are my thoughts. Next question we have, does it make sense to implement intermittent fasting in a building phase? So here I would say no, not really with, with, and there's not a ton of context around this question, but the reality is it's just a question of like, why would you? So we know to make maximal gains, which is of course the goal of a building phase, one of the most or one of the important factors here not the most important factor but an important factor here is going to be us stimulating muscle protein synthesis regularly and when we're talking about your nutrition specifically that is going to come by way of four to six times across the course of the day hitting your leucine threshold so getting at least 2.5 grams of leucine which is an amino acid that's within the protein um, that we consume and then getting anywhere from like 25 to 50 grams of protein is generally a good rule of thumb. Um, and again, to most optimally stimulate muscle protein synthesis for the quote unquote, most optimal gains, um, for lack of better terms, we want to hit this target at least four times spread relatively evenly across the day. So if we're fasting, it makes it a lot less likely that we can actually do that because the window your fasting window is just so limited. And we also know that, okay, past, like, if it's less than a 16-hour fast, and I think the actual number is, like, 24 hours, we're not seeing that many benefits. Like, when we're talking about autophagy, we're not seeing that many benefits, especially if we're way under, like, 16 hours. So we also know if it's just an 8-hour feeding window that we have, we're not going to be able to stimulate muscle protein synthesis optimally across the course of a day so it just kind of kind of comes back to the question of like well you could no it's not going to be optimal and just really like what's the reasoning behind doing it why would you 
So, um, now there is like our classic, uh, we have the, what I believe is called lean gains protocol where they typically would like fast again. It's basically just a fasting protocol. All your calories are partitioned towards later in the day. And there are several different strategies out there like that. Now, this isn't at all to say that you can't use an approach like this and build muscle. And the reality is like, if you're someone, and again, this is just so context dependent. So for example, if you're someone that is trying to stay super lean and the only way for you to not drastically overeat and just gain fat much faster than you want is to maybe you implement like a fasting or a modified fasting protocol in the morning. So maybe you have like two scoops of protein. And honestly, that's, if this is you, that's how I would set it up. Okay. Maybe first thing in the morning or like within the first couple hours in the morning, you drink 25 to 50 grams of protein powder. That's going to be very low calorie, but again, we're going to be able to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. And then you partition the rest of your calories to later in the day. And honestly, even for, for me still, and for many of my online clients who are on building phases, okay, maybe on a Saturday, if you know, you're going to go out and like eat some pizza, right? Work some wine in your macros, et cetera, which is very realistic for a Saturday for me. I'm still going to have to, we're still going to have to make decisions that are going to allow us to like work those into our calories because the reality is I've talked with so many clients about this lately, but it's super easy when you're in a building phase to rationalize why it's okay to go way over your macro goals because you can use those calories for um, repairing muscle quicker. Um, You need it to continue to progress progress the bulk right the building phase i should say but again it's way too easy to rationalize and just end up gaining excess fat and have to cut sooner than you want so we still have to like oftentimes like yeah once a week i will use a tool like this where again like maybe in the morning i'm just gonna drink a couple scoops of protein or again like this is something that my online clients use all the time we're strategizing okay like last weekend you struggle with this smashed a lot more pizza than you could realistically make fit in your macros. And we know this could potentially shorten the amount of time we can productively build before your body fat is outside of that P ratio that like typically 10 to 15% body fat for men, like 18 to 30% for women, where past that point, your body is going to disproportionately be storing more of the calories that you take in as fat and less as muscle. So, um, again it's very context dependent it's not something that i would do every day you absolutely still can build muscle in intermittent fast but again it's not going to be the most optimal route so i would use it more sparingly and again i think like even in situations if you're dedicated to like hey i'm gonna have every last thing dialed in it would make more sense to make sure that you hit like i'm gonna have a protein shake in the mornings where i would otherwise be fasted right now that said again it's not the biggest difference maker but all these little details do add up especially if you're a more intermediate to an advanced individual where the reality is progress is entirely within the details we've already picked up all these quote-unquote big rocks the big change makers we already have those on point so it makes sense to get more and more dialed in on the details because really that's the only way you continue to see solid progress across the course of your training career And final question of the day, can you explain what proper nutrient timing should look like for building lean muscle? All right, so this is going to be very in line with um, the previous question, honestly, (laughs) to an extent. 
So again, this is something that's kind of been shit on, but I would argue is more important than many people make out because even if it just doesn't make a 5% difference, like, hey, this is, you got 5% better recovery because you focused more on your nutrient timing and you had 5% better training today um, because your body was properly fueled pre-workout. Over the course of months, that's going to add up to a big difference. And honestly, it can add up to a very small change in your body composition or a very large change in your body composition. Depending on if you do these things, like if you always have shitty workouts and a suboptimal recovery versus you always have well-fueled workouts and optimal recovery, that truly, like over the course of just a few months, will add up to a massive difference in your body composition, depending on which side of that spectrum you fall on. So really for any online clients with who already have calories, macros, and food quality on lock, my recommendations are first and foremost, um, when it comes to protein timing across the day, similar to what we talked about before, consuming protein about 25 to 50 grams is going to increase muscle protein synthesis for approximately three to six hours. So to maximally stimulate muscle protein synthesis across your day, it's going to be most optimal to spread your protein and meals, of course, across four to six meals with about 25 to 50 grams of protein each. Now, from there, and I would argue that's probably the most important part, um, carbs are also going to be very important here. So from there, we can dive into the pre-workout meal. So basically, to prevent as much muscle protein breakdown, which is the opposite process of muscle protein synthesis, so basically muscle protein is being broken down instead of dietary protein being turned into muscle protein, um, to avoid as much muscle protein breakdown as possible and really create optimal an optimal scenario for recovery and growth, you should consume, again, 25 to 50 grams of protein pre-workout, typically one to two hours. Now, if you don't have the option to eat a pre-workout meal, so for example, you work out super early, you wake up, you work out, I'd recommend at least drinking a protein shake beforehand. This is going to digest super quickly and shouldn't give you any issues. But again, we maintain a more positive nitrogen balance or a more positive protein balance. So if you have time to allow the meal to digest pre-workout, so let's say an hour or more, adding 25 to 50 grams of carbs to the mix is smart. And really here, a mix of carbs from starch and fruit is going to give you a combo of both faster and slower releasing carbs to fuel you through the workout. This is something, again, shout out to Christopher Barakat, um, we talked about on our episode last week. Now, we really want to avoid too much fat in this meal because it will slow your digestion and have you feeling more sluggish during your training. So a solid pre-workout meal could look something like you're going to have, let's say, one to one and a half cups of Greek yogurt. Let's say one cup non-fat plain Greek yogurt, or you can have it flavored, do you? Whey protein, again, about probably 25 grams of protein from whey protein. We are going to have oatmeal, and we are going to have a fruit. So basically, we have a starchy carb and a carb from fruit. We want the carbs coming from the starchy carb to be greater than the carbs from fruit. So from there, that's a solo recipe for a pre-workout meal. Um, and again, typically you'll feel best eating this one to two hours before you work out. I like to split the difference here and go with one and a half hours pre-workout. Personally, that's what makes me feel best. But I've had some clients that feel better eating two hours before, some clients that feel best eating 45 minutes to an hour before. It very much depends on you as an individual. So experiment, experiment with what makes you feel best. Now, post-workout, Again, we want to get another bolus of 25 to 50 grams of protein. 
that's pretty self-explanatory as to why with carbs insulin sensitivity is highest post-workout so basically your body will most efficiently use carbs for building lean muscle at this time so it makes sense to time lots of fast digesting carbs post-workout so for example white rice or spotted bananas and really this is the most important time to consume carbs as far as timing goes so if your carbs are limited let's say you're in a cut putting most of them here is going to be smart. Again, if you're chasing optimal body composition. So this is again in the scenario where like if I have a client who's in a body recomposition phase, we're pushing to continue to build lean muscle in a deficit, then we're absolutely gonna time most of your carbs post-workout or around your workout. Now, we also want to realize here that again, fat is gonna slow digestion a bit. So if either this pre-workout meal, if this pre-workout meal is too heavy on fat, you're gonna feel a little bit sluggish going into your training because your body will still be digesting. If this post-workout meal is heavy in fat, then it's gonna slow the delivery of all these nutrients you just took in to your muscles. So again, it's a good idea to make the meals further away from your training, a little bit more fat heavy, the meals closer to training, a little bit carb heavy. And then finally, if you're absolutely in it to optimize everything, it would be a good idea to again, get another bolus of protein before bed. Now here I would keep this meal. So let's say uh, the last like 30 minutes before bed, maybe you drink like a casein protein shake. We know that that's going to be slow digesting, but through the night, because we're not going to be eating for quite some time, it gives us our body some more protein, some more amino acids to continue to build muscle with. Now, here we know that interestingly, studies seem to show that protein doesn't do very much to disrupt sleep. Whereas if you just eat a big ass meal right before you go to bed, sleep will absolutely be disrupted. Sleep quality won't be as good. And you're kind of missing the cart for the horse if you are, hey, I'm taking in this protein to help recovery, but my sleep is shitty. So my recovery isn't, isn't as good, Right. So it makes sense for this to be mostly just protein. I would, I would call this a snack, not a meal. But again, I would aim for 25 to 50 grams here. One more time, a casein would be more optimal. So again, we could go with like a fat-free um, plain Greek yogurt. Actually, I wouldn't eat that in isolation. Maybe you mix that with a scoop of casein protein powder or even a scoop of normal whey protein powder. But still like that, like Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. Um, cottage cheese is another one you could do. But again, here, we just want to make sure we're not getting to the point where carbs are getting relatively high in the meal as well. But outside of that, just a casein protein powder is going to be the easiest option. And again, that's going to give us our body some protein to work with through the night as well. And as far as nutrient timing, that is how I lay everything out. And that is all I have for you guys today. So as always, thank you for tuning in. If you took value from the show, if you enjoyed it, do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot of your phone right now, share it to Instagram and tag me. I want to connect with you and thank you for listening. And also you're really helping me grow the reach of this show. All right, again, that's all I have for you guys for now. Thank you for tuning in.